Morning team, Tuesday morning. Thank you, Anthony. Well, if you're feeling anything like I was yesterday, had <laughs> a very strange day uh, after Hornchurch, which he's probably talked at, and you've, you've had a look at uh, some of the pictures. If you have just woken up, we'll direct you to those a little bit later on this morning. Anyway, lot to get through on the programme between now and seven. Do you know, Leicester Square was chock-a-block last night when I came through. Loads of what I call sort of aggressive-type people. You know, when you walk through and you think, there's an atmosphere here. There's some man with his girlfriend, he's shouting at her and grabbing, Give me the keys! And, I th- and so I, I was tempted to say, would you like me to call a police officer? And then I thought, don't get involved, Steve, you've got a programme to do at five. So uh, I kind of left it. He saw me and he left her alone, luckily. On FM, online and... Morning, team. Tired? Uh, yeah. No, I know. Were you tired yesterday? Yes. <laughs> you and me together. I don't know what it shouldn't be because it was. It, in fact, my, my the, the, loads of people taking pictures of my car, which was quite nice. And yeah, and your car too. Yeah, well, they couldn't believe it. I mean, trans- fancy parking your car behind my car. You might as well have just popped it in the boot. It looked like your trailer. <laughs> Do you know, next time, we were saying earlier on, actually, and there's a nice picture on the, on the website of us before the show started outside the Queen's City, because people turned up really early, like three hours early for the show. So we had to get, get the pictures taken really quickly. And um, I forgot what I was going to say now, actually. Zooming in. Chris Christodoulou. Chris Christodoulou zooming in. No. Queens. Queen's Theatre. Can't remember. It's gone. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was, it was very good, though. But, but, but at least we, we proved we can do two shows in a day. Unfortunately, at what cost to our health, at what cost. But it was good, though. Hardly seemed any gap between the first and the second show at all. Even though they said it was two hours, it wasn't really. 45 minutes. It seemed like 45 minutes, didn't it? But it was good. Well done. Well done, you. No, well done, you. You were the best. No, but you, but you're, everybody was going, wasn't his suit smart? I'm going, yeah, so? (laughs) Oh, and Darren wanted to know how, oh, I can't, I'll have to ask you another time, actually. Yeah, I'll ask you another time. Okay. Okay. See you later. See you later. Au revoir. There you go. So, anyway, it's Tuesday morning. I've got to remember now, it's Tuesday morning, it's not Monday morning, because I wasn't here yesterday. Who was a man on the television, actually? Oh, he's the Pakistani president. He looks just like Mr Shah from Goods, the, uh, the chemist in Twickenham. It's not Mr Shah, is it, on a, on a second job or something? Because it, it's definitely not Mr Shah, is it? Because they're all going on at the moment um, about uh, what Cameron apparently has said about certain elements in, in Pakistan who, uh, who are for terrorism. And apparently a lot of people in Pakistan are up in arms over this. Have you read the news? I begin to wonder whether or not perhaps we're on the same wavelength. Of course there are people in Pakistan involved in terrorism. We know exactly where they are. We know exactly who they are. And and to sort of get all up in arms. Mind you, I mean, who got all up in arms about comments that Jade Goody made? Perhaps they just want to get up in arms over something. Go, ooh, get up in arms quickly over something. But at the moment, I should imagine we're going to be helping Pakistan out because of the terrible floods there. You know, honestly, nowadays you can't say anything, can you, without people going, you know, oh, goodness me, this is terrible, you can't say this about me, you can't say that about me. And um, and I always think, I really couldn't care less, actually. I'm not bothered if I offend anybody. I mean, as long as you don't intentionally offend somebody. But I mean, but this morning in, in Leicester Square, and th- this man and this woman, and it was strange, actually, because quite clearly he'd had a few drinks. Um, for some reason, she wasn't giving him the keys to the house back. You know, like somebody would go, no, I'm not, they're behind my back. And then it goes beyond the joke, doesn't it? You go, you're not having them. And then you hold them above their head. And he, he was a little bloke. And I was sort of walking level with him, and I looked at him, and he happened to turn round, because he gripped this woman's hand, and she went, ow! And I thought, now, actually, in the real world, that's an assault. You know, I don't care who you are, that's an assault. on so I don't care whether you're going out with them or whether you're not going out with them. It's an assault. And so I was tempted to, to um, 
to sort of call the police, because there's normally loads of police around Leicester Square. And uh, he, he turned round, because she obviously looked at me, and he saw me, he let go of her hand, and I got my phone out and pretended as if I was calling somebody, you know, give me noddy and big ears, quickly. And, um, and so he sort of stopped it, but then I walked on a bit further and I could hear them shouting again. But that's what happens on drink. People are like that on drink. People get very leery on drink. Hello! Everybody shouts, don't they? Shh, don't shout, don't shout. You don't need to shout. I can hear you quite well, thank you very much indeed. Anyway, so Angie and I had a very, very nice time down at the Queen's Theatre. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for coming down. And uh, it was a good afternoon and evening. We, we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. We had a very, very, very nice time. And um, I don't think we've ever entertained so many people. I think the only time we've entertained that many people was at uh, Croydon, Fairfield Hall's 1750. And... Uh, which was, seems quite a lot of people in one, sh- one show. But uh, we're going to try and do some more shows a bit later in the year. Not too much later, don't worry. And uh, we'll try and do them sort of west of London or, or centre of London. We'll see what we, can, what we can get hold of. And we shall let you know, OK? Because but the feedback we got was fantastic. I mean, really good. I think 99% positive. And you don't even get that on Amazon. So we were very pleased. And uh, Iris and oh, lo- just loads and loads of people. Lovely uh, Noreen was there and Brian and Dawn and Hubby. And it was, it was good, actually. It was very good. We, we did it differently this time. We hadn't done this. And what you tend to do is you tend to do something in a show. And then you think, right, that bit works. So what we'll do next time, we'll do that bit. And then maybe we'll add that bit on afterwards. And uh, so that's what we'll probably do next time around. So we, we try and vary it each time. We had to vary it a little bit in the second half anyway, because quite a few people had booked for both shows. And so that they, and they were in the front row. So we saw you, Noreen. We saw you. But it was, it was very good. So thank you very much indeed for everybody who uh, turned up. At least the weather held off. And loads of people took pictures of my car. In fact, even as I was getting changed at the end, I was looking at the window and there's people posing by my car having their pictures taken. It's outrageous. There should be a charge for this. We should have had a charity box. But we, we did try to get round to everybody afterwards, after each of the shows, and uh, sign autographs. And say, oh, that, that's your bit there, that, that one. That's your bit. You have to do that bit. I just do that bit there and the emails. You do the texts. Yes, yes. You, you, you have to go, go through the texts because we've got Malaysian Jess on today, so that's good, isn't it? Chinese Amanda not here this week. Probably sort of cooking up a storm somewhere, so uh, Malaysian Jess. Actually, she's not really she's South African, but I mean, it's a, it's a similar kind of thing. Similar kind of thing. Uh, we will get, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's go through the papers first of all, because I did mark a few things. Alan Dodge and Syl on holiday. Uh, it was Lynn who went to Hornchurch and said, fantastic show, but I was equally amused by the number of people checking out your car. My partner even had his photo taken next to it. It's outrageous, isn't it? A lot of people say they like the Matrix grill. I like the Matrix grill. Because I was, I was like the chauffeur for everybody. I used to take everybody down there and have the boot loaded with stuff. But actually, it's good. Because if you take a load of people down in the car, then they can help you load all the stuff in and out. And all I was laughing about beforehand, I was saying, it was so much easier when you were, if you were Elton John. Because Elton John or any other group has an advance party that turn up, set it all up. You know, you wouldn't find Keith Moon setting up the drums for The Who or something like that. Somebody goes in there, sets it all up, tests it all out. And then the, uh, the celebrities arrive. They have a little sound check, then they go and sit in their dressing room, then walk out onto stage and do it. Whereas we sort of, we take all our clothes in, we have to take the food in, we have to take all the bits and pieces. It's good, though. I mean, it's part of it. And I've been used to doing it for, for a number of years, so it don't pose no threat to me, Governor. I don't mind lifting although it's quite handy on the way out if uh, younger people have got a bit more uh, strength than you have. I tell you who's out, Vicky, uh, out of uh, Coronation Street. This is what's going to happen when she... Um, She's apparently had a bit of a bust-up, so they say, 
uh, with the boss. They have a new a new boss. And uh, this is the new producer, Phil Collinson. And they're looking at future storylines. And what they do in soaps is they sit down with, with characters. every so, Not all the time. Every so often they'll say, right, we think we see your character going this way. Now, I've always worked on the assumption, as they're the producers... But to be honest with you, Coronation Street is a bit pants at the moment. And I'll tell you for why. They've obviously got somebody script writing who thinks they're doing a comedy script. Because you've got the woman who's getting married to the bloke who's got the cafe. And she's not really a woman. She's a bloke who's had a sex change. So I can't wait to see this one go through without a hitch. And she's going to get married to the bloke who runs the cafe. But she's got some woman who's a party planner. And the character is just stupid. I mean, it's just ludicrously stupid. You know, badly written, badly acted... Just silly. Oh, I, should, I like being a party planner. She's going. I'm thinking, this is not even real. It wouldn't happen like this in real life. And there's a few other silly little bits and pieces. Some stupid woman turned up and said they've got to dig up Underworld or something because there's a body buried under the ground. But it's now concrete. And she said, I'm not happy with him being down there. I think he should be taken out and given a proper burial. And I'm thinking, the scripting is just rubbish. So anyway, she's decided she's going to leave. And so she'll probably get, get killed off. Uh, when they have their, their big accident thing and the, the bus crashes down over uh, Christmas. I think the viaduct's going to collapse or something like that. Um, I see that uh, Michelle Collins and Denise Welsh... Oh, Denise, boring Welsh again. Crikey, honestly, otherwise known as the oldest non-swinger in town. They've, uh, they've gone into a photographer's uh, line of fire without makeup because they decided that they would show you what they really look like. And they look exactly the same. They don't look any different. I don't know why... I mean, I've, I've known Michelle for years and years. She looks exactly the same with makeup, without makeup. She doesn't look any different at all. And she'll look at this, this picture here. Even Denise Welsh, I mean, doesn't look exactly the same. I'll tell you, you want to see some people on television without their war paint on, they look completely different. But these people look exactly the same. You'd recognise Denise Welsh. Well, you probably wouldn't recognise because she's standing up in this photograph. She's not had a little drinky-poos. But she's here. But we have found... We have found the stupidest woman in the country. And I didn't think I'd be saying it this early on in the programme, but we have found the thickest woman in the country. So I shall tell you about her in a moment. Kerry Katona, my ex-mark, stalks me. Oh, shut up, you boring old windbag. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. Listen, I couldn't care less whether you build yourself an MFI wardrobe and float off in the Atlantic. I'm not interested. You know, but apparently she said he keeps phoning me. Where did he get your number from, lovey? He got it from you. And apparently Kerry's posing outside her new £3 million house. Well, seeing as she hasn't earned a penny so far, I don't know where she's getting the money from. It's not bad for a bankrupt, is it? Then they buried Alex Hurricane Higgins. Hundreds of people came out, you know, the people's champion. Amazing how they say all these nice things when you're dead. When he was alive and walking about, nobody gave him threepence. Nobody cared. They had to have a whip round for the funeral, for God's sake. Nobody gave a toss about him when he was alive. They just sort of go, oh, look, there's Alex Hurricane Higgins. People avoided him. The moment he dies, he becomes the people's champion and everybody starts backtracking and going, great guy. What, he was, what we're really going to miss him. Nobody missed him when he was alive. Why they start coming up with these crocodile tears? Cheryl Cole uh, is out with uh, the help of uh, pal Derek Hoff. Now, th this is sort of Cheryl and, and Derek. He, he was guiding her through the menu at a branch of Subway in Los Angeles. Can't have taken that long, love. She's chav. She knows exactly Subway's menu backwards, I would have thought. It's what she probably grew up on. Everybody knows Subway's menu. You can have a Subway, you can have any meat combination, different sorts of roll, and pick the salad that goes in it. Is she veggie? All right, we can have whatever you like, but without the meat. OK? Which kind of makes me go into another funny line about Derek Hoff, but I'll save that one for a bit later in the programme. But here she is, because I don't believe a word about the fact they're an item. 
I really do not believe a word about the fact they're an item, ever nearly an item, or... Oh, and the other thing I've got to tell you this morning. Can I tell you now, Bill Cosby is not dead. OK? Bill Cosby is not dead. Details coming up in a moment. News headlines, quarter past five. Pakistan's president arrives in London later, days after critical comments by David Cameron about the country's attitude to terror. SAT's results for 11-year-olds are published later. There won't be as many as last year after a quarter of schools boycotted them. And Charlie Sheen's been given 30 days in rehab and told to go on an anger management course after pleading guilty to assaulting his wife. Let's have a check on the state of the road, shall we? Jay Louise. Good morning. Okay. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Tuesday morning, LBC 97.3. I've just downloaded from my iPod uh, songs from the war years. And it's, I think, songs from the Battle of Britain. And it's got everything. It's really, it's quite inspirational. In fact, I was playing it in the car on the way out to Hornchurch and on the way back. Because it's amazing. On the way out to Hornchurch, they're all chat, 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 chat. On the way back from Hornchurch, everybody's very subdued. So we're just listening to the song. It's very peaceful and very nice. Uh, still to come, the stupidest woman in the country. They don't come any thicker than this prat. And, uh, and her three children, I'm afraid, who are, you know, either, you know, either you're as stupid as your mother, because you should have put your foot down and said no. And uh, I must tell you now that Bill Cosby is not dead. Rumours were circulating last night all over the internet and on Twitter and on Facebook and all the news agencies were starting to say Bill Cosby, the American comedian and actor, had died. This is the second time that Bill Cosby has died in his career. Somebody decides to start a rumour, I hear Bill Cosby's dead. And the next minute it goes throughout the world. And so this one popped up on the television. Luckily, it hasn't made it so far. And I've checked the papers, it hasn't made it in any of the newspapers this morning. But in fact, he was even forced to Twitter, I'm very much alive, thank you for asking. So for those people who might have read it and go, oh, have you heard, Steve, Bill Cosby's dead? No, he's not. OK, he's very much alive and kicking and is looking forward to kicking some ass in America, I should imagine, a little bit later. But it's not the first time it's happened. It is the, uh, the second time. So, the uh, stupidest woman in the country, her name is uh, Teresa Bystrom. Teresa is 45, with the mental age of a three-year-old, I'm afraid. Uh, she has sons, Joe, Jed and Jess, all the J's, you see. Uh, they live in Weybridge. 276 miles from the Newcastle crematorium where they cremated mentally ill murderer Raoul Moat. Uh, she actually turned up uh, with her three children after a 276 mile journey uh, with the explanation, we felt we needed to come up, we felt Raoul was a legend. So she's speaking for her sons as well, equally stupid I should imagine. Uh, we watched it on the news all the way through and we prayed that he wouldn't get caught. I absolutely loved him. Not all there in the brain department. Little bit thick, this woman. I think he's a hero, and I wanted to pay my respects. He kept them coppers. He kept those coppers, dear. Not them coppers. Uh, on the run all that time. Fair, wait, for, wait for this comment from the world's stupidest woman. Fair enough, people died, but they must have deserved it. He didn't deserve what he got in the end. You can't explain to somebody who is so stupid she probably hasn't quite realised how she got pregnant in the first place. We were really upset about what happened and we needed to come here and pay our final respects. Do you think she sat at home, the world's stupidest woman, and said to her kids, do you want to be in the newspapers? Why don't we just get on a bus and go up there and we tell him he's like hero to us and all the... I mean, you know, the people that died got what they deserved. You're getting what you deserve, thicko. You're getting the, uh, the pity from the whole country now 
on uh, a description by one of the papers as being twisted, darling. Kind of sums you up, I suppose, really. And then Kenneth Ingham and Peter Hefferin from Leamington in Newcastle claimed to know why he snapped. Unemployed Mr Ingham, Kel Surprise, said he was only in prison four months and his lass started cheating on him with another man and said it was a copper. It was cracking him up. There's only so much some people can take. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it, really? Oh, well, that's OK. That's OK now. That's OK to do that. It is terribly worrying, isn't it? Terribly worrying. So here they are, the saddos. And there were a few shaven-headed mourners, you know, I mean, and a few apparently uh, his pals from the days of the bouncer. Why are all bouncers shaven-headed? Why are all bouncers got no hair? So drunk people can't pull their hair, suggests the producer. Never thought about that. Never thought of... They're all shaven-headed. And they all think they look like Phil Mitchell. All a little bit camp, if you ask me, I'm afraid. They all look a little bit gay. Uh, so here she is, poor old uh, Janice leaving Corrie. They say after rows with the boss, she said, uh, I thought of leaving for some time, I couldn't deny those feelings. Well, that's, you know, if you, if you want to do I can't remember if she's featured in it very much recently. I did watch it the other night, and that's when I thought the scripting was particularly feeble at the moment, and some of the storylines, little bit stupid. Lindsay Lohan has been released from prison, apparently looking frail and fraught, and it was all very, very tragic for poor... She was only in for about two weeks, I'm afraid, out of a 90-day sentence, because apparently she's been on jelly for 14 days. Good! Good! Sorry, I'm sick to death of these stupid people. One one inmate said she shunned... Uh, she only ate jello puddings because they're pre-packaged. She wouldn't touch any of the other food and looked pretty weak by the time she left. Apparently the jibes people have been making out her sexuality got to her. I can't remember what her sexuality is. Is she... Part-time lesbian, full-time lesbian, bisexual... I don't know what she is. I've got... What sort of jibes with them? Oh, she's bisexual. Apparently, when she was released from prison, extra security guards were drafted in to foil photographers. <laughs> How stupid are the Americans at the moment? How stupid are the Americans? She goes in prison and they, they have security to make sure she gets out of prison all right. Makes you want to just give up, doesn't it, really? You still go, ooh, oh, I do love it. I do love it. Christmas has arrived early. Not only has it arrived at Selfridges, deck the halls with boughs of holly. fa la 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 But I think on uh, Saturday, Harrods will be opening their Christmas department. That's 20 weeks before December. Because you know why? If one opens, the other one's got to open. They don't want to miss out. So Selfridges get loads of publicity, and now... Harrods are going to clear 10,000 square feet to sell festive gifts. I've got to go. I mean, I've got, I'm so, I've got, I have to go. Because they might have things that I haven't got. And I do like going. There is nothing I haven't got. But, I mean, I tell you what I really want. If I win the lottery this year, and I've had a word with the good Lord, uh, you know, so far he's been very, very generous as far as I'm concerned. Very, very generous. But, I mean, he hasn't quite come up with a lottery win. And I was hoping this year a 15-foot Christmas tree... In fact, I was talking, actually, strangely enough, to the producer of the, uh, of the show in Hornchurch. And I was saying, what I would love to have is at the, uh, is at the end, um, I would love to sort of, after we finish the bit with, with Anthony, the lights dim and I come to the front and I start talking about Christmas and it starts snowing. And then all of a sudden the curtain rises up and it's a bit like White Christmas, the film, where all of a sudden there are Christmas trees and little children sitting around the opening. And I just fancy that for the end of the show. So for me, going to the Harrods Christmas department on Saturday and Selfridges on Saturday, I mean, I might. I'm going out with a friend for lunch and I might have to do both shops. I'm not sure my, that my little heart can cope with things like that. I mean, two Christmas departments in, in one day might just be a little bit 
bit over the top. Perhaps spread it out. Perhaps I can do Selfridges Saturday and then I can do Harrods on another day or vice versa. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. Because I, there are a couple of items uh, that I, I haven't got. I bought some lovely uh, wooden um, candle towers. They're, they're, they're very nice. They're carved. They look as though they come at an old church. They're not, of course. And they're only about 20 quid each. And, um, and I put a candle on top, but I, one fell over. And I spilled candle wax down. I don't like it now, so I threw it out. I get a bit funny about things like that. So I might, I might, I might treat myself to 20 quid's worth of candle hold. It's pathetic, isn't it? Joan says, and um, can you remember the name of the show that Julie Covington was in? Well, I mean, she went into Evita, but she was in a show called Rock Follies, which is where she started, uh, which is out on DVD. But Evita she went into, and she had, um, she had a hit from it. Don't cry for me, Argentina. And uh, Steve, just had a look at your photos of you outside the Queen's Theatre on your site. You and Aunt look like 20-year-old trendies. Blimey. 20, well, we're not much older than that. It's all the sequence, isn't it? No, actually, outside the theatre, we weren't wearing a sequence, but we had to run round, have the picture taken, then run back round inside again, which was... I was wearing my Vans. I was wearing my Vans, actually. Uh, Rihanna says, I sent you a letter, so you'll get it tomorrow. Ha-ha! Joyce and Joan, enjoyed the show. Lovely to meet you after. You're a lovely crowd. Actually, everybody was very good. Very good. Check the boot of the car, Steve. You may have left Chinese Amanda in there. That's why she's not with you. Actually, I never took her there and back. I didn't want her there. I was the one who said, no, 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 don't let her there. John Warrington took her. John Warrington and her, we don't like that buddy buddy, you know. So he sort of, he, he phoned her and picked her up. Because I'd said, yeah, I'll, I'll pick you up in the morning. I had no intention of going around there. No intention, oh, I'm not taking her around there. She started hanging around, you know, she's just started to get, you know, she starts phoning me in the afternoon now. Hi, Steve, Amanda. She's got a little sing-songy voice, you know. Oh, God. I always go, Steve, no in at the moment, call later. And put the phone down very quickly so she thinks it's, you know, somebody who works for me. Here's uh, Gail Porter. Been to do another interview about her... Uh, she's apparently had a peroxide. I don't know, why don't you just sort of let your hair go natural colour? Or is it grey, Gail Porter? Uh, apparently, she fell victim to alopecia, all fell out, and now she's boring the pants of everybody because it started growing back again. I mean, I've seen her on television once before. I'm not really not remotely interested. Greatest family film of all time. I thought this was an old one. We did this list a long time ago on LBC, I'm sure. Uh, at number ten, The Sound of Music. Oh. It's got to be, it's got to be, it's a family film. All the films on here are what we call family films and people love them. At number nine, Jungle Book. It's okay, but it was never, it was cartoon, wasn't it? Uh, eight, Back to the Future. Yeah, they, do you've never seen Back to the Future? Oh, Jess, you've got to see Back to the Future, it's really good. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at number seven. I saw the one the other day with Johnny Depp in. Not as keen, not as keen on Johnny Depp. Number six, Shrek. Yeah, it's okay, but it's cartoon, isn't it? Uh, five, Toy Story. Four, oh, chitty you, chitty pretty, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, we love you. Three, Mary Poppins. Two, The Wizard of Oz. You see, I think they just put that in with their, in, in there because I don't know anybody who's seen the whole thing all the way through. You know, it's, it's an adult kind of film. Kids tend not to watch it, but number one, E.T. Born home. Everybody watches it. It still makes me cry. Mind you, everything makes me cry cried on stage again at Hornchurch. It's pathetic, isn't it? I can't help it. I do it every show. And in fact, every show I go, I'm determined not to cry or start welling up. <laughs> it's all the gin, says the producer. I don't, I've never done gin. I've never... I'm not... John Warrington does gin. I've never done gin. I can't bear it. I cannot bear gin. I think gin... Doesn't gin make, make you depressed or something? Like, whatever it is, makes me cry. No, no water and tea make me cry. <laughs> It all, I cry every show, and every show I say, I'm not going to cry today. Oh, I'm going to cry. I can just tell. But I've seen a watch I'm going to have to buy. It might have to be my, my treat today. And you might get to see it at the next uh, show. 
because it's the blingiest watch I've ever seen in my entire life. And I thought, I've got some bling watches, but this one's going to be even better. LBC 97.3 Hello. <laughs> how are you? Welcome to Tuesday. Apparently it's going to rain a bit today. What did I not bring? Umbrella. I mean, how mad am I? How mad am I? Cut myself shaving. But uh, at least it's Tuesday. I don't know why. I feel it's all the kids are on holiday. Wait a minute. They are on holiday! Which means the roads are fairly quiet. Mark says, now you've done Hornchurch, how about Hounslow? Then I can come. It's a thought, actually, isn't it? Well, we're looking at all sorts of uh, options. Thank you to Mark and Linda in Brentwood. Got some very, very nice pastries. Some very, very... Some little... Um, what do they call them? Little little pastries. They're like... I can't, no, not mini pastries. They're called... I can't remember what they're called now. Pet, sort of like petty fours. They're like pet... Yes, they're probably petty fours. Well, there you go. <laughs> Mary and uh, Ronnie says, we love the sparkly jackets and Chinese Amanda was so good in attendance. She was good, wasn't she? I'm thinking of sort of giving her a slightly bigger part in the show next time round. Might actually let her come out. Do you see her feet? We bound them especially for it. She wasn't in Evita, says Norman. I knew you'd know. She only recorded the stage show. She was with Guys and Dolls. Guys and dolls. Who did yesterday's show? Was it, it was Christo, was it? Oh, thank you, Christo, for yesterday. I forgot to say thank you. How rude of me. And uh, Norman, so thank you. She wasn't in Evita. She did record Don't Cry For Me, didn't she? Because in the stage show, it was Elaine Page who did the Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Uh, I didn't fall over the lights. You'd be pleased to know at Hornchurch. I was very good, mainly because there weren't any lights. Because they'd built the stage up and they'd recarpeted. It looked really nice, actually. It really looked lovely. The, uh, the auditorium looked fabulous. All this. I love red velvet seats. Something, and the carpeting looked nice. And it was, it, was, it was really good, actually. So I didn't fall over the lights, which I have done previously. And I survived the whole show on two glasses of Diet Coke, four little bottles of water and four cups of tea. Not even. In fact, at the interval, I think uh, Paul Savory said, would you like a glass of wine? And the, and the stage manager went, no, he doesn't. <laughs> so I, I never got my glass of wine, I'm afraid. Not that I was, I was going to have it. Uh, 84850. Uh, Steve, hi to Malaysian Jess. Was it Jess? Yes, it is Malaysian Jess. Well, actually, she's really from South Africa, but I think via Malaysia. I think the camp family's a little bit sort of, you know, spread about now. Uh, your story of that stupidest woman in the world confirms my long-held secret belief that the end of the world will come as a result of stupid people like her breeding. She's got three kids, and normal people like you and me are not adding to the overpopulated planet, dying of resource depletion. What irony! And uh, Deirdre is Chinese-Singaporean. So we've got Chinese-Singaporean Deirdre. So in between Chinese Amanda and Malaysian via South Africa Jess, we've got the whole set in here today. God, you wait till Swiss Nick arrives at seven o'clock. We are so... You know he's Swiss. We are so multicultural on this station. I didn't realise we were so multicultural. And, uh, oh, here they are. There was, there, was a, there was a lovely story the other day. I got a, a wee bit excited when they went, Jordan's marriage finishes. And I thought, oh, please God, soon. Spare us from this torturous old bag and her dreary marriage. As dreary as any of the other people who start talking about it. Anyway, uh, fat boy, uh, poor old uh, what's-it, Alex, uh, was out running the other day. Because the rumour was that he, he was sick of her calling him fat. And he was sick of, of this, he was sick of that. I thought, well, having watched The Honeymoon, thank you, the, uh, I just didn't believe any of it. 
I, I just didn't believe any of it at all. I don't believe it's a proper marriage. I believe it's just there to try and make money. And when it all finishes, she'll slag him off to the ground and he will maintain a discreet silence because he appears to come from good family, whereas she's just so desperately sad and lonely with her little sycophantic brown noses who hang around with her that, uh, that you just you can't really be bothered, really. I can't be bothered at all with people like that. I like mentioning them because I like to try and bring them down to size. And it's always good to do things like that. Uh, oh, guess who's the new face of um, Ultimo? It's uh, Ellen Rivas. This is Frank Lampard's ex-girlfriend. Wearing her underwear, they say here, showing Frank what he's missing. Darling, that's why he got rid of her. He knows what he's missing. And having seen her on a few television programmes, she's as boring as heck. Oh, never seen anybody so dull and so dreary in my entire life. I had to laugh. I shouldn't laugh at this story. You, you, you might criticise me and say I've got it wrong. But a grieving daughter was devastated after a hospital lost her, her dead mother's possessions and instead sent her some men's pants. Michelle Brown from, from Coventry was sent the boxer shorts, slippers and sunglasses by the George Eliot Hospital in Nuneaton. She said the last few weeks have been hard, but this made it more painful. I'd have thought your mum had had a good laugh about that. She's passed on. And as opposed to getting her last effects, you get a pair of boxer shorts, some slippers and some sunglasses. See, I think that's quite funny. My mum would have laughed. She'd have had to. There wouldn't have been any choice on it. I don't think it's serious. I mean, you've just got somebody else's clothing. They've just made a mistake. You know, your mum's stuff is in there probably somewhere. Jane says, come to Harlow. It's not that bad. Actually, my friend Michael J. Fitch was working in Harlow the other night. Sadly, we were in the middle of rehearsing and then we did the show and he kept phoning because he was in Harlow and he said I could nip over to Hornchurch. Karen says, for the many of us who weren't able to come and see, what was, what was your show about? We were doing house pricing. We, we do a show about house pricing and then we play a game of bingo and then we all go home. And that's it. We have some sweets and a little chat and a, and a drink. Uh, 84850. Um... I've never seen E.T., e. says Claire in Croyd, and I've always had better things to be getting on with. Oh, dear, you little old misery, you. God, I bet you're a dreary, aren't you? I've, I've got better things to do than watch E.T. Oh, God, blimey. Oh, you need to kick up the rear end, don't you, to try and get out there and enjoy yourself. It's a film. Perhaps you don't... Oh, well, you're in Croyd, and you probably don't go to cinema, actually. Um, Dale says, Christo said Selfridges are selling life-size donkeys for Christmas. Buy three for your patio. <laughs> Very bitter. You wait, I shall phone Christo in a minute, actually. I don't, I'm watching him. And Paul in Hampshire says the crackers are very nice in Harrods. The price is £5,000 for a Christmas cracker. But you know that they do those in... You get a free dog. You know in, in Mapping and Web, you can have Christmas crackers up to £250,000, and they will put in there what you want. So if I was having sort of Jess around, you know, you, you put appropriate things in it. So if you want to put, you know, £50 cufflinks, put £50 cufflinks in. If you want to put a £1,000 bracelet in, that's what you can do. So they make crackers up to your um, to your specifications, which is quite nice. Wendy thinks I could have one of the life-size donkeys from Selfridges. I've got to go to Selfridges now. I'm definitely going to Selfridges. Definitely. And uh, Agnes is having a, a knee operation today. Good luck for that. A replacement. What are they going to get? They say a knee replacement. What's she getting? A fridge freezer or a washing machine or something, you know. You're not actually having another knee. They're going to put a washing machine on there. And that's from Gillian, Charlotte and all the family. See? Aren't we nice to everybody this morning? You know why? Because I'm feeling very benevolent about things. Uh, I'm actually feeling very sort of chipper as we head into the festive season. You know, I'm very into Christmas. I like the idea that um, that we're all sort of together as one. I like the idea that it might rain a little bit today. I like the idea that uh, that we've done Hornchurch. And I like the idea 
that there are some of the pictures up on the LBC website. So if you go to lbc.co.uk and you go to presenters, you click on presenter, there's a link at the body, it's got shows at presenter, you click on that and Steve Allen and then it will take you to the pictures from Hornchurch. And then what we'll do, there's, there's only uh, a few pictures on there, but you might find yourself, there's some pictures of the audience, and, uh, and then later on we'll put up the other thousand, which will be going on, uh, I think, Chris Christodoulou's website. But they're all on the uh, LBC website at the moment, 30 of them. It's uh, lbc.co.uk, and have a look at what we look like, see if you can find yourself in the audience on the few that are up there, and then when, when the other ones are up, we will let you know. So it's lbc.co.uk, click on presenters, Steve Allen, and they're on there, OK? Oh, here she is, Telly Babe, Michelle Heaton. Telly Babe? When was the last time Michelle Heaton was on television? Don't... A Jelly Babe. She might as well have been a Jelly Babe, mightn't she? Anyway, Michelle Heaton, you know, class act, uh, apparently hitting the beach with her new husband. This is the latest husband in Michelle Heaton's life. She's already been married once, so this is the second one. They frolicked in the waves in Malibu, California, because they're, they're both 31, so she's, she's getting on a bit. She tied the knot uh, last month in a ceremony in the Caribbean, with nobody there. Apparently no, no family or friend. And it says here they decided to shun a big wedding because they couldn't stand the hassle. I think the truth of the matter is they don't actually know anybody and nobody would be going. Let's face it, nobody wanted to go to Jordan's little turgid bash, so why on earth you'd want to go to Michelle Heaton? I mean, there are no celebrity friends that poor Michelle has. The ex-husband wouldn't be going, or any of his brothers. So if she couldn't get Jordan there, and Jordan hates being used, so who would she have? Answer... Oh, do I don't know, Michelle. Who would you invite, love? Nobody. So that's why she's uh, she's all by herself. Poor little soul. Hoping to obviously launch a career. A little bit like that bloke who was kicked out of the Big Brother house, Ben. Ben, the terribly posh boy, who at 30 has no career or any sign of a career. Which is rather a shame, so we wish him the very best. Richard Hakey tells us the weather for today is a sunny start, clouding over this afternoon. It should stay dry, the high 23 degrees, currently 12. Good news, pollen count low. Sunset, 8.46 tonight. Clear spells at first, becoming cloudy after midnight. The low, 13 centigrade. Sunrise, 5.27 tomorrow. Cloudy start with light outbreaks of uh, rain. Sunny spells and heavy scattered showers in the afternoon. Thursday, dry and mostly bright. Friday, cloudy with outbreaks of rain. And Saturday, dry with good sunny spells. I did watch something the other day, proving that it's not easy. And that was Emma Bunton, who's sitting in for Lorraine... On, uh, oh, you're gorgeous, you're wonderful, I love you, you're so funny, I just can't get enough of you. Uh, on GMTV, so they put Emma Bunton on, proving that she can't read autocue. Now, I've always said that reading autocue is an art to make it look as though you're not reading an autocue. But when somebody speaks like this, and coming up later, we have some guests to, you know, you begin to think that maybe this isn't the best way forward. However, nothing but nothing prepared me for the dreadful sight of ITV's new afternoon show, Live at Three. Dead Three, I think, would have been better. The professional people on there, Gloria Honeyford, doing her best with her, you know, making her perch on a stool, which is not the best thing to sit on. And, uh, and the lovely lady from GMTV, who isn't there anymore, but who went back a short while ago. And then they, they dragged out the old pensioner himself, Kelvin McKenzie, who proves that he can't read an auto cue either. I mean, it's as bad watching somebody like that trying to front up a programme. It's just an embarrassment. I mean, Kelvin, if I'd been in charge, I'd have fired you immediately. I mean, you really were terrible. 
I mean, even you must admit you're lame at the best of times. I mean, we know that most of what you do is an act, and we know that you're a little bit sycophantic to everybody to try and get the work, but frankly, I mean, you're just not good enough. Not good enough. Gloria Honeyford just wipes the floor with you. I mean, Gloria is absolutely brilliant. I mean, you're not going to fight... Mind you, I always worry. I've always said about Gloria, if ever she appears on a programme as a guest, chances are she'll have it. She'll do, she doesn't mess around at all. So that's why I had to watch you yesterday, Kelvin, but, I mean, it was pitifully awful. I mean, really, love. You know, you're not man of the people. You're not man of anything at all. It's just really dreadful. You know, either you're a presenter and you're not, and you're not. You might be lovely in print, but I'm afraid presenting... Way down the list, I'm afraid. Don't stop believing. They're desperately trying to get this back in the ratings, and it's not working, I'm afraid. So, the Daily Star have done a, a two-page, you know, bit on it. It's, it's what's coming known as a PR puff, where they're trying to get people to watch it, because the audience has just gone and tailed off. So they're now trying to go, come on, you know, and they've got Emma Bunton singing the show's praises, but even she had sadly admitted in an interview the other day, she said, I don't know why people aren't watching it. It's because it's not very good. It's, it's got nothing to do with the, with the content. It's got nothing to do with the format. It's probably got quite a bit to do with the people who are on it, the presenters and things like that. But the, the public are just not watching. Because I tell you for why, Emma, people like the trails. The trails are the best thing about the programme. The trails are so well put together. The difference is between this and X Factor or anything that Simon Cowell does is that Simon Cowell's trails are as good as the programme. In the case of Don't Stop Believing, the trails are a hundred times better than the actual programme. I'm not really interested in what Duncan James or Anastasia or another camp dancer from America is picking up. I'm not interested in people's thoughts on that. And that's why it's interesting when you've got, you know, you can use the same format as, uh, as X Factor or Britain's Got Talent and it just doesn't work. And that's why the audience is not there. Not because no, nobody can see Channel 5. So the idea's there. It's just not just not quite working, I'm afraid. So as many PR puffs as you do, it's like Stephen uh, Mulhern's programme on the television. Perfectly acceptable, it's just it's not up to the right standard. You know, he's a wee bit too young to be doing it, and it's reflected in the audience. The audience have gone and just fallen off. I don't know where they've gone to. Probably LBC, I should imagine. Quarter to six. These are the headlines. Pakistan's president arrives in the UK later as tensions between the two countries show no sign of easing. David Cameron sparked anger last week when he claimed elements in Pakistan are promoting the export of terror. 35 fighters were called out to Great Ormond Street last night after a fire started on the fifth floor. Around 60 patients and staff had to be evacuated from their wards to escape the smoke. Nobody was injured. And Thames Valley University is to become the University of West London. The name change will be introduced in October and accompanied by a new brand and logo. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick, shall we? With the help of Jay Louise. Good morning, Steve. Thank you. Some good news for the North. Morning, everybody. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Nick's with you after the news at 7. We'll run through in a moment what he's got coming up between 7 and 10. Uh, Valerie says, uh, my good friend Sheila's been a fan of yours for some time, and each time she's tried to book one of your shows at Hornchurch, well, she finally got the tickets for Sunday, got me hooked on the Sunday morning show, so we both went, and uh, we both thoroughly enjoyed it. Can I ask you a favour? Sheila listens to your show around 6am... And I know you'll not be doing the Monday stint, but perhaps on Tuesday you could say a couple of words as her mum, Peg, is recovering in hospital from an operation on Monday. You would make her day, especially at the moment. So, Peg, good luck. I'm sure it all went absolutely fantastically. Uh, Noreen 
Says, uh, brilliant to see all the team. John, Paul, Jonathan, Levi, Rob. All we want now is Nathan and Mr Chaz. And we did prefer Chinese Amanda's kimono in the first show. Met some lovely people. Caught up with Dawn and Gary. He's put on weight. <laughs> I still recognise. He's got that little face, hasn't he? He's got the little squeezy face like that. Jan was looking lovely as ever. Pictures that went up earlier. Very good. Nice of you and Jan. One complaint, she says. No la-la-la-la-las. I know, I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to do la-las, actually. You look very well, though. Brian looked very well. Actually, Gary looked well. Dawn looked... Everybody looked very well. I was quite surprised, actually, how well everybody looked. And it was lovely to see everybody. Uh, nice to see Gloria. Uh, Michelle and Joe. They said, it was a great show. Lovely to see you. And looking very well, says Joe. Thank you very much indeed for that. And Dawn did a whole page... She says, uh, I've just seen the photos, a selection for both your Hornchurch shows been put on the LBC website. Nice photos. I suspect more to follow as Chris took a... He took a thousand. He took a thousand photos. <laughs> but uh, she says, I could talk for England. I would have queued up at the end to tell you that, you know, but, I mean, you knew we were there anyway. Absolutely. And uh, I was chuffed to get a few mentions. One complaint about the show. Uh-oh. She said it was over too quickly. I felt like you'd only just come on and then you were off again, even though you were on for just over the hour. Yep, the whole show ran about two hours five, I think. And um, she said, it was a shame I couldn't stay for the second show, but it was a two-hour journey on the tube. Grief. And she says, during the show at the theatre, you were wondering why people listened to the show and, uh, and commented on why you don't take phone calls. I listen to the show for lots of reasons. And one thing I like about the show is the fact you don't take calls. LBC takes loads of calls, so it's great to have one show that, uh, that doesn't. But thank you for that. We know you can talk for the country. We know you can talk for the country. And by the way, there are two charts. Two charts. That was why. I just have to mention that one. Richie as well. I've seen the pictures. Up so quick. They were up quick. I hope you're well. I know you're going for a blood test, aren't you? I think you've got a blood test for uh, find out if you're diabetic and all that. Oh, I tell you. I've got loads of presents. I've got loads of presents. I've got some lovely china, an upside-down hanging basket, and, and loads of sweets. Thank you so much indeed. And we had photos, and we signed autographs. And uh, all in all, it was, it was very, very lovely. It was, a, it was a very, very nice day out. Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, the paper reviewer, Yasmin Alibi-Brown, will be wandering through. And they're also talking about the three-day visit of Pakistan's President uh, Sadari. Was Cameron right to speak openly about Pakistan's alleged terror links? Yes, he was says uh, Mehdi Hassan, senior editor of politics for The New Statesman, and uh, Charles Crawford uh, says, no, he wasn't. Plus, uh, the answer to Binge Britain. Do you remember when the government came up with this crackpot idea of 24-hour drinking? And I remember thinking, are you mad? 24-hour drinking that lasted about as long as some people's career on television. So definitely not, definitely not. We, we, don't, we don't want things like that. There's no point in having it in London, because people can get hold of drink in corner shops and things like that. You don't need to go and sit in a bar. Uh, oh, yes, Adrian says the uh, pictures are on your presenter page on the LBC website. Ooh, nice. So there you go. And uh, you can probably add your own captions, I should imagine. Do you know, I'm toying with the idea of signing up to the mayor's bicycle thing. I'm toying with the idea, because I quite fancy the idea of just going to get a bike and uh, and just going out for, for, for a cycle ride. There's, no, there's nowhere in Teddington. That's the only problem. So what I'd have to do is drive into town... Park the car up on Saturday, then go and get a couple of... I'm not sure, if, if you sign up, can I sign up for somebody else's bike as well? Can I get two bikes out? Or does the other person have to be signed up as well? I'll, yeah, so I'll, I'll have to check on that one, because then we could go for a cycle ride. And I could Because I haven't cycled for donkey's years, but I mean, it might be a good idea, mightn't it? Then I could cycle to Selfridges, and then I could put the bike in the thing, and I could go on another bicycle. I might do that, actually. Uh, Carola, 
A lovely laid-back afternoon, thank you. Yes, we know you went. We know you went. And uh, Coral, who says, uh, I've been enjoying listening to you on your radio show for about one and a half years. I didn't go onto the LBC website to have a look at your pictures, so I didn't want it to shatter my illusion, illusions of what you look like. But the suspense has been killing me, so I went in and typed in lbc.co.uk. What a pleasant surprise. Just as I imagined. You don't look a day over 38. Now, I don't have to imagine what my second favourite radio presenter looks like whilst listening to my second favourite radio show. I say second because my son is a radio presenter and, of course, he's first and he's won a Sony Gold. <laughs> Bothered? Face? I don't think so. What's his name? <laughs> I'll write him some abuse. <laughs> oh, he's got Sony Gold, has he? Oh, girl, that's all I need. I couldn't bear it. So tell me what his name is, Coral. But uh, there are pictures on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Go to the presenters page. Click on Steve Allen, and uh, and there they all are. And Kay loved it. Says, uh, not being an, an insomniac, I've never tuned into Anthony Davis, but I thought he was great. So there you go. You will be in future, won't you? And, uh, and Tricia says, you look good. Cutting out the drink obviously agrees with you. Love the jackets and the shoes. There is a picture of the shoes on the website. The, the, the shoes get a picture all by themselves. And Sue in Islington says... Uh, I, I, you make me laugh out loud before the seriousness of Nick Ferrari. I enjoyed listening to you, how you started out in the twists and turns, went over to where you were signing autographs and saw Dawn, who you always mention. I enjoyed it 100%, and I too believe that your mum was sitting on that cloud and was watching. I know, she would have been watching that show. She'd be going, you're not seriously wearing that jacket, Stephen, are you really? Really? How in bed? You wait till she sees the watch that we're going to wear for the next show. <laughs> I quite like it, actually. I'm, I'm a little bit excited about this. Oh, good news. Princess Beatrice has lost some weight. And uh, she was looking trim. She'd taken a cruise with the royal family. Far be it from me to say the fact they don't really feed them up in the royal family. They're a, they're a bit mean when it comes to things like that. So they all sort of, you know, hang around and go, oh, we don't need any food, do we? And Beatrice goes, I'm hungry. I want to be Eamon Holmes. It's not easy at the moment. Every time they do cooking on this morning, he has to avoid it in case Private Eye pick up on it and go, that's why he's that size. He's eating. He's nibbling. He's not eating at the right time. She's not good, is it? Soccer boss Alex Ferguson was said to be angry and disappointed after viewing the sun snaps of Wayne Rooney's eight-hour bender. Wayne Rooney went out in a, in a really classy outfit, check shirt, jeans, usual sort of thing, you know, multi-millionaire, and uh, he was lighting and singing songs and everything else. He's a real chav, isn't he? He's real chavy, chav, chav. And there's a picture of a girl in the paper, and I thought it was Colleen. It's just, that's just what they wear up there, which is, uh, which is quite good, isn't it? Uh, another story here in the paper, it makes all the papers today, the fact that... Uh, Ali Ross is talking about Jedward. There's something... Can't they just have normal hair, please? Do we have to have the sticky-up hair? Because it's a bit peculiar. It's not, it's not normal, and I sort of worry about them. I do worry. An easy way to spot if a show's a complete waste of space, says Ali Ross, is you can place the word so after each line of commentary. Jenny Bond's squid is a bit under-seasoned. So? Lisa Faulkner's sauce is a slightly too acidic. So? The lumps in Danielle Lloyd's mashed potato let her down. So, he says, Celebrity Masterchef, a show that used to be enjoyably pointless, but is now just pointless. I mean, it seems to have been put together by the Missing Persons Bureau at Shelter, the homeless charity. I know, we've had some real numpties on there. Every time I see anybody like Phil Tufnell turning up on the television, or Colin Jackson, see the runner, oh, boring, boring. Why don't you just disappear off our televisions? It's the same blooming people. Alex Fletcher from Brookside, some bloke that used to be in Dragon's Den, Martin Roberts, the face of 
Holmes under the hammer, Christine Hamilton, the face of a bag of hammers. I mean, I'm so bored with it saying Christine Hamilton. That's what he said. I'm so bored with saying Christine Hamilton. What a dullard she is. You know, gone are the days where she was funny. I mean, she's now just an embarrassment. Oh, God, it's Christine Hamilton again. We all remember Louis Theroux, where she practically threw herself at him. And we went round to their funny little flat in Batasi. And, and there was a picture of Neil up there, and Neil was wearing a bow tie. Something odd about men who wear bow ties, I'm sorry. But anyway, it's all a little bit, uh, all a little bit naff, I'm afraid. This, anything that's got the word celebrity on it, it's like celebrity Mr and Mrs, and out comes Beza from Happy Mondays. I mean, and that's about the best you're going to get on there. And a couple of other numpties who happen not to be busy that night. Most of them aren't even married. Why don't you just call it Celebrity Who You're Shacked Up With at the moment? Oh, it's, cele- it's called Celebrity Mr and Mrs. Some of them they can barely keep their relationships together for the duration of the programme. The rest of them they've just sort of dragged out. I mean, it did make me laugh when they did put Eamon Holmes on there. And I thought, watch the set, watch the set, he'll eat it. And uh, I got quite worried. I know that's cruel, but, you know, it's radio. And if you can't laugh at yourself, as Dame Edna would say... You're probably missing the joke of the century. It's as simple as that. So they put all these people on there and you think, but you're not married. Why are you pretending to be married? Of course you don't know enough about each other. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, More stories. Oh, that's good news for many of you. Beer can help you slim. Apparently if you eat beer, it can help you slim. Yeah, right. I don't believe that. I don't believe beer can help you slim at all. I really don't. I did laugh, though, in a, in a strange, macabre kind of way. There's a bloke uh, who's just gone to prison for a few years because he killed somebody. And I thought, two years now for taking a life. Although, strangely, a fantasist who tried to sell a million-pound stolen first edition of Shakespeare's plays got sent to prison for eight years. You get more for nicking a book from the library now. Morning, everybody. I noticed another story in the paper today. The Brits fed up with dodgy weather forecasts are splashing out on DIY weather stations. Apparently, sales of DIY weather stations have rocketed 200%. You see, now I can save you a fortune on this one. Because if you listen to LBC all the time, Chris Lowry, our weather expert, has done it all for you. You don't need to waste money on a DIY weather station. Just tune into LBC. Go and buy a digital radio, tune to LBC... And then you can, you can get all the up-to-date weather. So much easier, isn't it? We'll have a chat to Darren in about half an hour. We'll take uh, more of your texts and emails. Steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850. But I hope you'll carry on listening and join us just after the news, which is next on 97.3. On F. Morning, team. Coming up to... I can't even read it now. Eight minutes... Eight minutes past six, just in case you're, you're watching the clock this morning, you're going, it's eight minutes past... No, it's not seven. No, it's nearly eight. Go, run, run. Because every morning I get off the train at Twickenham and every morning as I'm walking up the stairs, the train comes in and every morning people are running over the Britain. You think, it's here every morning at the same time. Why don't you just get up earlier? What's the truth of the matter is nobody wants to get up early because you always think the train's going to be late because traditionally in this country, everything's late. The train is late... The only thing that you can actually rely on, the only thing which is cast iron, is LBC radio programmes. It's the only thing you can... You know that at five o'clock in the morning, the programme is going to start. With or without me, it will start at five. You know, with or without him, at seven o'clock, the breakfast show starts. At ten o'clock, James O'Brien will start. And so it runs through. It's the only things that you can guarantee in this day and age. rest of it, you know, buses... Well, I think it was due about seven minutes ago. Well, I don't really know. Especially not round here. I mean, sometimes I look at the bus in the morning thinking, this is the middle of rush hour. 
Because by the time I get to the bus at seven o'clock in the morning, I mean, let's face it, we must have the rush hour underway for at least an hour and a half, because it seems to run throughout the day. I mean, in Twickenham, I've never seen so many people. I mean, Ivor and all the other people sit there, and they've got to mark the buses in and out, and then this side of the... And then that side, and then it goes to another bus, and then it goes to another area, and you can check the buses in, and it must drive people mad. Although, I have to be honest, I would like to drive a bus. I'd like to drive a bus for the day, and I'd like to, to sail past a bus stop with a load of school kids standing there with a hand out, and you just go sailing past and just wave. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Always. I mean, gee, I want buses, I want bikes, I want everything, actually. I want to take a tablet and go to bed and wake up a stone lighter. Because somebody wrote in, John, I think it is, he said, I've had a look at the pictures. He said, you need to lose some weight. <laughs> actually, I was having a very fat day. And surprising though this might seem, and ladies will, will go with me on this one, you have fat days and you have thin days. You really, I know, and you're probably exactly the same, but you do have fat days and thin days. And I was having a particularly fat day then. And uh, Maggie from Bromley says, you look well good. Lovely. And uh, well, I will give your love to Pat and Brian Cooper when they come up on Thursday. Yes, thank you for that, Maggie. Yes, do give them my love. I've not heard from, from Pat and Brian for a while, actually. Uh, we love you, Steve, and your uh, website photos, the ones where you're wearing the purple glitzy jacket. You're starting to look like a gangster. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. Uh, uh, Joanne says, on holiday in Somerset for the week, had to go and buy a DAB rest radio yesterday so I could listen to you. Well, I like that idea, Joanne. I like it. Uh, Colette says, I wish I'd been able to get a ticket for your show. You brighten up my morning. Graham says, did you drive past me Friday after the show? I have no idea who I drove past. Probably hundreds of people, I should imagine. And uh, one here, where did you get those silver sparkling shoes? Uh, I got these from a company called The Office. I have them in silver and in black glitter as well. I can't remember if we've worn the silver ones before. Somebody said you've worn them before, and I couldn't remember. But uh, did I wear the black glitter? I really can't remember. But uh, that's where they came from. They came from The Office. And you can either... They're, they're online, or they've got shops all over the place. And, uh, and, um... Now, is that Bridget and, uh, and David? Bridget and David? We thought the This Is Your Life was excellent. We were in the second row, sitting next to Caroline from Twickenham. Ooh. Actually, and I got my, my, my lovely copies of, um, of King Pole, the circus uh, fan magazine, and a lovely, lovely, lovely book on circus posters, which has got some Rico posters. Some Rico... Really, really nice, actually. Uh, Steve, glad all went well. Sunday, love the Queens. Um, we started Blood Brothers there through 87, the Bill Kenwright production. Still running. Dee, thank you for that. Uh, Kathy, uh, oh, can you say hello to my wife, Kathy, from Rick? He says, shame you were not around Saturday. We went to the Anglers pub on the river at Teddington for a surprise 50th get-together. And uh, what's the date today? It's the 3rd. Is it the 3rd? I'm sorry. I've got something coming up shortly. Anyway, uh, another one. Well, do you know where you get the glitzy shoes from? The off- I don't want everybody wearing them. There's no point in everybody wearing them. Wait till you see the watch. I'm going to go and have to get the watch today, I've decided. Yeah, <laughs> from M&S. Yes, I'll send everybody to M&S. Uh, Steve, you can have up to four bikes on the one access key, says Peter in Romford. Thank you for that. I might have to join up today. Darren said he, w- he was going to join up, and I thought, you know, if I join up for a year, if I come up to town, I might better just get on a bike and cycle it around. People are going to think I'm mad, aren't they? I know. Uh, Steve says, Bill and Lewisham. So that's what the no drinking and losing weight was all about. So everybody could say how well you looked on stage. 
<laughs> they did say that, actually. Everybody did say you look well on stage. I think mainly because people are... I mean, it just... You go in fits and starts. You know, as I approach the 40th, the big four zero, it's a bit difficult, and you sometimes think, oh, I don't know. As I was looking at a picture the other day of somebody... I won't tell you who it is, because they're not very well at the moment, and this particular lady's in hospital. And, uh, and, a, and a friend of mine was going to visit her and said... I said, how old is she? And so he said, well, how old do you think? I said, well, I thought she was about 65, 70. He said, she's 55. I went, really? I said, oh, dear. He said, yeah, lifetime of smoking and, uh, and heavy boozing. Sue in Dagenham says, have you seen the latest meerkat advert? It's fab. There's an old market town in old Moscow. Love your picture of the meerkats at London Zoo. How cute. Aren't they just? Aren't they just cute? In fact, I looked at them again this morning. I'd forgotten how cute the babies were when it was sort of... It's, it's, it's the, uh, the caption on the photo is, please, sir, I want some more. And it's the meerkat looking up at me. And it's a little bit... And you just want to put your hand down, but you know you shouldn't really touch them because they're, they're, they're wild animals. They're not sort of... They're not pets that you take them home. Although uh, Malaysian stroke South African Jess is a bit keen on. She quite likes meerkats. But I said to her, can't just have one. You'd have to have a troop of them living in the garden or something like that. And they burrow and... They, but they all do sit up. They all take notice, and they like live mealworms, wiggly mealworms. I mean, you don't want to feed... That's why they were going into my pocket, because they put a handful in my pocket. So once they go in there to take out the wiggly... And these poor wiggly mealworms have no idea. You would have thought the clue would have been in their name, mealworms. You know, the kind of, you're going to be a meal for somebody else. I don't think mealworms know this. When they grow up, what am I going to be, Mummy? You're a mealworm. Oh, is that good? Well, it is for a short while, yes. <laughs> Till you get put in somebody's pocket... And then meerkats just put their hand in and just take it. They're like monkeys, really. And they just eat them. But they're, lovely. they're really super pictures. So if you, if you did come to Hornchurch, you want to see what the pictures look like, and I'd love you to have a look at them. And, uh, and you can go, yes, in some, a couple of the pictures, Steve, you do look a little bit overweight, but I was having it. It's the way the camera caught me. It's the way the camera caught me. All I say to them after the picture, I was going, can you make me look a bit thinner? And when they've stopped laughing, they kind of give up with me. They go, no, no, it's the way you're going to be. But the silver shoes are good. You what? I tell you, if 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 Dave Berry had seen these from XFM, he'd be after me for the shoes. He'd be after me for the silver shoes because it's the kind of thing. I mean, I can't wear them in here. I couldn't wear any of the stuff down Twickenham High Street. I'd be pelted with stuff. But Dave Berry, he'd be going, "Where'd you get those shoes, Stevie boy? Where'd you get those from, mate?" Because he's a bit like that. He's a bit like he's walked out of a Guy Ritchie movie. He's a bit like that. But if he saw the silver shoes, he'd wear them on television. And strangely enough, he could probably get away with them more than I can. I wear them because they're showy. He'd wear them because they're called fashion. You know, that's the way it works. But if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, A, you can do the podcasting. B, you can look at the pictures of the meerkats. If you go to the presenter blogs, just click on presenter and then click on the gorgeous picture of Steve Allen. And, uh, and then you can see the pictures from Hornchurch. There's uh, only about 30 up there. Few of me, few of Anthony Davis, few of you in the audience, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll gradually put other ones up and we'll let you know where they're going to be. Okay, so you can do that, and you can do that now because it's six fifteen. News headlines: Sam Pittis. As many as two million people have been. Thanks very much indeed with the travel, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Starting with the trains. uk. Morning, everybody. 18 minutes past... I nearly said 18 minutes past three. And I suddenly realised, no, it's, it's 18 minutes past six. Just in case you all nearly had cardiacs <laughs> sitting there going, what time? We're up early. We're up too early. It's ridiculous. Uh, Pat, from the Teddington and Lensbury yoga class, is a fan, has written a little poem, uh, which says, We are your greatest radio fans. Over 70s, all of us. We try our best to stay awake, but 5am is hard for us. Hence podcasting. 
Yes, we're your morning fan club. To listen gives such pleasure. And every piece of information we will always treasure. You keep us laughing all the time with your hilarious tales, whether it's Baby Meerkat or Lemur's Curly Tales, M&S or Poundland, get your amusing treatment. You mention all our local shops where all our money can be spent. Yes, I didn't think that rhymed either, that bit. <laughs> We're becoming experts. What we learn is so surprising. Wasp's nest, hanging baskets, laptop techniques, so edifying. Barbara and Graham... Know how we love your show, and you must truly promise us that you will never go. We hope you will be healthy, your diabetes held in check, that you'll enjoy your coming show, and your jacket's not a wreck. Since Gough Square we have listened, enjoyed your jokes with glee, carry on your good work, Steve Allen. Three cheers for LBC. Thank you very much indeed. And that's uh, Pat from the Teddington and Lensbury Yoga Class. I wanted to go to a yoga class once, but to be quite honest, I mean, I can barely tie shoelaces. I mean, I struggle tying up the shoelaces on uh, on Sunday. Thank you very much indeed to all the people who've sent me in all the Christmas adverts that have started appearing in the newspapers, of which there are many, many, many. And uh, I'm having a look at the handcrafted heirloom Santa Christmas ornament se- selection, £23 for, uh, for three of them, which are quite pretty, actually, from the Thomas Kincaid selection and I got sent another one the other day which uh, was the Mickey Mouse Railways which also looked quite exciting and I, I quite fancied that quite fancied that um, other stories in the papers today try to find something that isn't depressing is not easy I, I feel as though it's only a Monday but of course it's Tuesday and and it's there's nothing there's nothing really I mean there's a woman here who needlessly dialed 999 300 times she asked for lifts or told operators she felt unwell. The bill for call-outs exceeded £30,000. I mean, quite clearly, she's not all there upstairs, is she? I mean, she's only 41, so it's, you know... I mean, some people have phoned up the people before and said, um, oh, I'm sorry, can you tell me where my takeaway is and stuff like that? These people are just stupid. I would go round there and have them arrested. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't waste any, any time with things like this. I would just say, I'm terribly sorry, but we're going to, uh, we're going to arrest you. And, uh, and you're going to prison. It's as simple as that. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Steve, as you're only thirty nine, like myself, says Paul. I don't know if you remember Lynn Carroll, who used to play Martha Longhurst in Coronation Street. As with Bill Cosby, while she was on holiday, it was reported she died. She returned home deeply upset, and the irony is she passed away the following week. He says uh, on a different tack. Yes, we did this one. The, uh, nice to see the news of the world outing Joe McKeldry. Not, but who really wants to hear about the first bloke that he ever snogged? I know they all do it, don't they? I don't, I don't understand why it's of any interest to anybody nowadays. You know, big surprise, as we said last week on the programme. Joe McKeldry gay. Good grief. What next? H from Steps, Danny LaRue. I mean, the list goes on and on, I should imagine. Uh, more on... Um, well, not even Peter Andre is going to get a mention on the programme this morning. Nope, he's not, I've decided. Uh, but Vicky Entwistle has uh, decided to quit Coronation Street. She'll probably go uh, when they have their big um, getting rid of everybody. Well, they say getting rid of everybody. You, you know, we, we're going to lose the butcher with a very high-pitched voice. We're going to lose his... his um, wife, and probably we're going to lose uh, Vicky Entwistle as Janice Battersby uh, when the tram that apparently goes over the viaduct crashes into the street. That time they did something. They make a small fortune selling this thing around the world. But um, uh, last night, Corrie spokeswoman Janice Troop says, Vicky resigned. She was not sacked and didn't fall out with Phil. They're going to be saying that, aren't they? They don't want anybody to think that people fall out with producers, but I should imagine it probably goes on all the time. But uh, she, she said, if I don't go now... I'll never actually go. Piers Morgan's quest for world domination continued yesterday when he stood in as co-host of the uh, morning chat show Live with Regis and Kelly. 
Uh, he was in place of the uh, veteran presenter, Regis Philbin. This is part of him trying... The trouble is with, you know, poor old Piers Morgan, he's not very good on telly. Very sweet, but he's just not very natural on television. And when you get these Americans who are so slick and so good at it, and it just looks effortless. I mean, Regis is, I think, something like 77, 78. It looks effortless. So whenever we get people and they go, are we going to try you over here because we think you're really great on, uh, you know, X Factor or this or America's Got Talent or something like that. And then they realise that they're actually not very good at it. As Kelvin McKenzie is currently proving, I mean, well, after yesterday's debacle on the television, I mean, just terrible. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, I'm afraid. But they, uh, they all have a go at it. And in the end, television goes, oh, we can't understand why we haven't got any ratings for this. And I always say to them, I'll tell you I haven't got any ratings because you haven't really got a proper proper presenter, you know, to do it. Gets, I, mean, I don't know where, where they come from. I don't know where they actually come from. It's, it's, there is no school for present. Well, actually, strange enough, there are. I've just realised, I should have backtracked on that one. There are schools for presenters where they go and they say, we, we can train you to be a TV presenter. But I think you've either got a natural aptitude for it or you haven't. And if you haven't, you and I know, as we discussed at Hornchurch, you can watch the television and you watch somebody and you think, God, you're rubbish. You're absolutely not good. So you tend to flip off. You either flick over or you just turn off, which is terrible. Uh, guess, what, guess what's going to be a true festive luxury this year? I might as well warn you now, just in case. I don't want you panicking nearer the time. And as we were talking about Christmas earlier on, they say the Christmas pudding will be a true festive luxury because crucial ingredients has rocketed by 64%. Apparently, dried apricots have gone up in price. Woo! There you go. Dried apricots up in price. And so... Uh, and raisins have soared from 950 to 1300 But dried apricots, 1900 to 3122 The Middle Eastern uh, country of Turkey is the main grower of apricots. 20%, but suffered flash floods during the spring. So that's the problem. Now, my advice is, and I know you're going to think I'm absolutely mad, but I'm telling you now, and I can tell you this on Tuesday, August the 3rd, if you can find a Christmas pudding today, <laughs> go and buy it. Or failing that, make one. Because it, what you're supposed to do every year is you're supposed to make two Christmas puddings. You have one this year, and then you save it, the other one, for next year. So I always used to eat last year's Christmas pudding, because by that time, especially if it's got boo... In fact, only if it's got booze in it, because that makes it all ferment and it's lovely. And that's when the Christmas pudding is really at its best. You shouldn't really sort of make it and then eat it this year. You leave it for a year, and then... You look at me in horror, Jess. Have you never heard of this one before? Yeah. Say, two... Because nobody ever eats Christmas pudding on Christmas Day, do they? Because you all go, oh, I couldn't eat another thing. I'm so full. And she'd go, yes, so I'll, I'll have a chocolate and a satsuma. And so we all sit there having satsumas and chocolates. We go, couldn't eat the Christmas pudding, though. But you should always, always have, have a... Or even if you just buy one Christmas pudding, don't have it this year, have it next year. And that way, it's, and pour, you know, put loads of booze on it. It's lovely. I don't know if you've ever done this. Is it... It's called a rum top or something like that. And it's, a, it's, a, it's like a china jar that you buy, and you put fruit in, and you pour in a bottle of rum. OK? And uh, what happens is the fruit... And you top it up to the top. The fruit will absorb the alcohol and it, it's, it's delicious. And then you keep, as the fruit absorbs the alcohol, you keep putting more fruit in and you keep topping up the booze again. So it's, it's just, so by the time you get to next Christmas, you've got a pot of fruit which is steeped in rum. And frankly, a couple of spoonfuls of that and some ice cream or some cream and whoopie doo, here we go. We don't actually need anything else because Christmas pudding is actually quite rich. 
And especially if they go, would you like mince, mince, would you? I tell you what, I've got Christmas pudding, trifle and hot mince pies with brandy butter. And you go, I'll have a bit of each. <laughs> and then I'll go and lie down and die. And we'll have a bit of chocolate log as well. Chocolate log. My mother used to make a chocolate log, which is a Swiss roll. And you cut it, and then another Swiss roll at an angle. Did you ever do that one? It was the same Swiss roll that used to make a train for the birthday party as well. So you'd have, for some reason, at an angle, and then she'd cover it with chocolate, put some lines on it, and a little bit of white dusting powder, icing sugar, I think, and then a fake robin sitting on the top of a piece of holly. Well, that was our Christmas lot. She used to make this in advance. My mum was very good in the kitchen. Useless anywhere else, but brilliant in the kitchen. Whereas I'm sort of strangely the other way around. I'm sort of brilliant everywhere else, but absolutely useless in the kitchen. That's why they make things for people like me. There's no point in going out and making anything, because the good Lord and Waitrose and M&S and all the other supermarkets make it for me. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, as the rain pours down across the country... The hosepipe ban is still in. Yes, you'd forgotten about the hosepipe ban. It's still in, I'm afraid. And uh, it's going to stay in for the foreseeable future. They've said we need a lot more rain. Why is it other countries cope with it? Why is it you go to Las Vegas, which I'm going to later in the year, and they don't get any rain, and yet they don't have any problems with watering and everything? There is no problem. Oh, I discovered something interesting the other day. I was watching one of these programmes about the Earth, and it was the one where they look at glaciers. And they look at uh, how fast glaciers move. Something like half a metre a day a glacier moves. In fact, even more than that. And, and what they've done is they've gone up into space and they've taken a picture of Antarctica. And the photograph shows something that nobody's ever seen before. It's able to look through the ice and the permafrost and see what's underneath. And underneath all the ice of Antarctica, there's islands, mountains... Everything. But 27 miles down... This is how thick the ice is in Antarctica. 27 miles down, there's a lake. Now, they can't get to it because it's 27 miles. But they can see it from space. And they showed a picture, and then they opened up the picture of all the mountains that are around it, and islands, and all underneath Antarctica's snow. But all you see at the top is all this ice and frost, but it goes down. I think they said in, in the smallest state, something like three miles, nine miles, 27 miles. And you think, blimey, all the things that we don't know about the planet. And of course, I keep looking at it thinking, there's a lake under there. What? And they say that there's probably things in this lake swimming around or organisms that we've never seen before. When it comes to Leicester Square in the early hours of the morning, it's roughly the same. There's all sorts of things you've never actually seen before that are sort of leaning up against. They all look ill. I, said, I didn't realise until Barbara and, and Scott said to me that if you don't drink, when you see other people who've had a drink, you suddenly realise how awful they must be feeling. And I walked through Leicester Square this morning, and there was a couple there, and he had his head in his hands, and she was sort of practically comatose on the, the pavement next to him. And I thought, now, do you think you've had a good night, or do you think you've had a really bad night? Because it can't be much fun sitting on the pavement going, I want to go home. I drove back yesterday, there was some bloke, leaning against a lamppost, and he obviously tried to stand up, and he just slithered down the lamppost. And I thought, I'm so glad I'm not drinking at the moment. Might have a little sherry at Christmas. Who knows? Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. It's 6.30. My Sports 2. 
we go. 25 minutes to uh, 7. Morning, Sam. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Nice to have you back. How was your holiday? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good, nice good. weather. Yeah, it seems... Like, are you, are you, um, I haven't seen you yet, so I'm, I'm assuming you're nicely tanned. <laughs> well, uh, you're going to see him all you like. Oh, you're not tanned? Not terribly. Oh, right. You don't tan, or you're not a tanning sort of person? I don't think it's physically possible. It's not, is it? <laughs> I don't think it happens. No. But anyway, I mean, I forgot to tell Alex that I was, I was not in yesterday. Oh, I see. Pick one. So day. he did actually send in a tip, and of course it romped home. Oh, well, it doesn't count, I'm afraid. No, he... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he said, I did check the website to see if Sam had a selection, but that's still stows. We're still doing last Wednesdays. Oh, right. Okay. So we'll, we'll bring that up to date. We'll, we'll get on to that So today, Friday, yeah. he had a cross-stick... Uh, which was 14th. The newsroom nag on Friday was Liberano, mm. which won at five to four. There you go. I go away for a couple of weeks and we get a few winners. Well, don't worry, you only had one. It was it was pretty disastrous while you were away. Hey, Kieran Diamond didn't do any better. They don't. Seven, no, it? seriously not. It was it was just ghastly. Ghastly. So that kind of kind of suggests that I can't be held fully responsible for all of this then. Uh, no, but your but your your total loss now because on Monday Alex had Be Invincible, which won. Yeah. So well, the total. No, we're not having that. We're Sorry? Having, we're not having Monday's horse. You can't use that. Well, all right. I could have picked a winner on Monday as well, but I chose not to. <laughs> Alex, you can't have I'm, it, so not, you're I'm stuck with, uh, with your profit of... F- oh, he'll not be happy. Well, though. I'm sorry, but I didn't pick a horse. Otherwise, I mean, that's just I'll not have to get, I'll have to get Chinese Amanda to sort this one out. I mean, I can't intervene. Mm, yeah, well. But anyway, £42.18, he's in profit. Your total loss mm. is now up to £80 and a penny. Well, you see, this is interesting, because yeah. I've been off for two weeks, yeah. and I think there's got to be some sort of... Uh, I don't know whether we can maybe strike off the losses for the last two weeks. I think so, that might so, be the best way. <laughs> Excuse me, I've, you're talking heresy here. You can't I mean, strike off losses. Or should we just start again? It's, what do you think this is? This is not the Royal Bank of Scotland, you know. Well, it's just, I think there needs to be some sort of bailout. No, Let's it just... runs till Christmas. Uh, well, okay. I'm not, I'm sorry, Sam, I'm not entering into some, some quasi-backhanded Masonic kind of handshake so you can write off a debt. It's not happening. £30 pounds I've lost, thanks no, to well, those two. Well, listen, I can't help that. Mm. I mean, uh, to, to say that they were a little bit lacklustre would be an understatement. I'm going to have words. I think you'll need to. Right. So today we're off to Catterick mm-hmm. uh, for the 4.30, and it's uh, Ijaz, win only. E-I-J-A-A-Z, Ijaz, mm. win only. I'll take your word for that. Catterick, <laughs> uh, Chepstow, Foslas and Southall are the race meetings. The 2.45 at Chepstow and War of the Roses. Oh, I like the sound it won't win. I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> War of the Roses. Good to be back on Good. that horse. Yes, but, but as I say, but we're, we're not writing off any debts. There is no talk of this. This is something that's never happened in the history of the horse racing. Okay. You'll, you'll just have to put up with the fact that it's £80 and a penny. Oh so I'm looking for something big today so that we can knock it on the head. Yeah, I think a, a winning start as I return. Yes, it, it would be nice, wouldn't it? I'm feeling positive. You're back from the holiday, feeling refreshed. I had a day off yesterday. I'm feeling full of the vigours and the joys of whichever part of the season mm. we're in at the moment. And, uh, and we keep our fingers crossed for a big win today. Indeed. Thank you, Steve. All right, nice to talk to you, Sam. Thank you for that. I've omitted to tell him that the cupboard is full of Toblerones at the moment. Giant Toblerones. I went out the other day, because I thought normally somebody says, oh, I got this. Christo normally raids, raids my cupboard on a Saturday night and pinches something. You wait till he opens the cupboard, it'll be going, he's got Toffee Crisp, Mini Mars Bars and Toblerones. No, I didn't... <laughs> Duty Free. No, stranger. Duty Free is the only place you ever find a Toblerone. Poundland. I walked out the other day and somebody was checking one of the buses, went, Poundland, Steve. I went, oh, goodness sake. I mean, I'm embarrassing. Never mind. Uh, Darren's back with us. Morning, Darren. Morning to you. Do you know, I must tell you this. Brian and Sharon uh, came to see the show at Hornchurch 
uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday. They said it was good fun, except for when we went to take our seat in row C. As we shuffled along the line with our two empty seats in view, I found I was to be sitting next to my estranged sister, who I'd not <laughs> seen or spoken to for nearly ten years. What are the chances there? They say, needless to say, it did not spoil a great afternoon. So that's good. You so, sure about that? Well, that, but that's what they've said. That's what they've said. But that was it's nice, wasn't it? All going so well until you came on. Exactly. It was all. It was mm. going swingingly, but there are photos up on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. No. Click on the presenter uh, link and go to Steve Allen, and you'll see about 30 pictures there. You can have a look at... And I, I do look a little bit fat in one of the pictures. A little bit? Little, well, I said it was, it was... I was having a fat day. <laughs> having a fat moment. Anyway, where are we off to today? Fat year, more like. Fat year, I can't help it. Yeah. Um, Kids Week is about to start. Was it? i about that one. Yes, it starts on the 13th of August and runs through to the 3rd of September. And this is the uh, deal where if you buy a ticket for a West End show, you get another ticket for free to take the kids. Now, it applies to almost 30 shows, including Oliver, Love Never Dies, Les Miserables, Grease, Burner Floor, Wicked. Oh, the whole lot. Sherlock Holmes, Railway Children. I highly recommend that one. Yes, Railway absolutely. Children. That's got, you know, even uh, Roger Foss raved over that and everybody's loved yeah. it. Mamma mia. So just type in Kids Week into Google right. and it will take you to the website. Get lots more information about how you book the tickets and what shows are taking part. Excellent. I was going to ask you, actually, just very quickly, I was getting, we were talking about bicycles the other day and I've seen all these, the, the mayor's bicycles everywhere, but, and I thought oh, to myself... I'm going to go... I nearly got run over yesterday. Oh, did you? As I was walking up my, the pavement along uh, Lissing Grove by the seashell, mm. this woman was cycling on pavement, wobbling all around the place. Yeah. Nearly hit me, and I said, look, you're not supposed to ride these on the pavement. I've never rid- ridden a bike before. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bit dangerous. Around our way, the police actually uh, stop people and find them. Well, they should do that here. Yeah, £50, pounds, I think okay. it is. Not the, I don't think this is the whole point of Boris. It's not a learning scheme. No, no. Only take no. one out of be ridden one. But I, I don't know how much it, is it. Do you, do you pay for the year? No, you don't have to pay for the year. Oh, a guy, right. Actually, it's a, the whole guide to it on the LBC website. But very yeah. quickly... Yeah, just give me a quick... You, can, you, you sign up online. You pay a pound a day every time you use it for, as a release fee. Right. In the first half and can you... Free. You're right. Go on. Sorry, if, if I actually take out membership of it and I come up and I'm going out with, with a friend of mine for sort of lunch, can, we, can I take two bicycles out? You can, have to, you can if you buy two keys. The keys are oh, you have pounds. to buy two keys? Well, you buy a key for yourself at £3. Yeah. And then another key for your friend. Oh, right. And where, where do I buy these keys from? Online. You just go onto the uh, bike scheme, which is on the LBC website. And, and can, so I can buy a key and then keep it in, in readiness for when I want to go out and use the bike? Absolutely, and you can oh. buy as many keys as you like, I think, so for your friends and all the rest of it. Oh, right, good idea. Yeah. Uh, and this week, and every Friday for August, London Zoo is open until 10 o'clock. They're called Zoo Late, there's a silent disco. Mm-hmm. We put headphones on and dance around, like a lunatic. <laughs> no one else can hear the We music. were dancing, actually, backstage at Hornchurch. Well, it was good music choice. It was it? very good music. Of course, you realise <laughs> now, everybody's talking about getting dogs. Everybody's really? talking, Chinese Amanda's talking about, oh, I've got to get a dog, and... <laughs> I thought uh, she was going to be deported this week. Well, 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 I'm hoping for that one, but I mean, and yeah. then and then Anthony Davis on his programme last night was talking about getting a dog. 
as well. Oh, really? so, yes, I mean everybody's talking about getting dogs. I'm thinking about getting dogs. This is, I mean, strangely, and and to, without putting sort of a downer on it, this is after Battersea Dogs Home admitted that yeah. they put down thousands of dogs every year because, and mainly, they tend to be the the staffies and the bull terriers, yeah. the dogs which yeah. people walk around with think they look hard, but they look like complete prats, I'm afraid. And they're That's healthy it. dogs, but they have to put them down yeah. because they they can't be with anybody. The sad thing is, those dogs are born and they're probably perfectly normal. It's yes. kids that uh, buy them. And I see it, you see it in the parks around here. Yes. They torment them, they may hang them off trees, they yes. make them chew up all the trees, they make them very aggressive. Well, they had a dog and on they... the television last night and they said, it's a lovely yeah. dog, but he's going to be put down later. Yeah. And you think, oh. the dog doesn't know that. No, so, no. no such thing as a bad dog, there's bad owners. Bad owners, yeah. Bad owners. All right. So that's London Zoo every Friday. Until 10, it's a special night. If you're a member or a fellow of the Society, you're right. free. Lovely. Everyone so else, you, you have to book tickets online or pay on the door. OK. And uh, right. so I'm, I'm going to go and check out on the LBC website later about the bicycles, because I think I need to register yeah, for that. Have they got them in Twickenham? Sorry? <laughs> do we have them in Twickenham? Of course we haven't got them in Twickenham. Said, do they have them in no, Twickenham? No, no. Well, what I no. thought I'd do, if, if I, say, came into, into town, say, Saturday for a lunch with a, with a friend of mine, then I could say, let's go for a bike ride... Well, there's some just in Leicester Square, and all you do after the show, yeah. you jump on the bike, cycle to the station... Sorry, no, sorry, backtrack. I don't, I don't jump on anything. I certainly don't jump on a bike. All right. I will place my legs carefully either side of the... Very carefully. Yes. And cycle to the wobble station off. and go home. Yes. So, yeah. in other words, I, I can sort of ride around London, and I come back and just put it into any one of those bike parks. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Well, I can't wait to see it either. <laughs> I'm quite looking forward to it. A little bit, a little bit uh, with some trepidation as I've not been on a bike since a man with a red flag walked in front of me. But I'm, I'm willing to give oh. it a go. If Nick Ferrari can get on one, I can get on one. Yeah, you should both give it a go. I could have cycled on stage at Hornchurch, couldn't I? I could have cycled around backstage and then cy- and straight off the other side. We could have had no, some sort of comedy. No, straight into the front row of the audience. Well, exactly. I know that is that is oh. what I do normally. Thank you for that. Pleasure. Talk to you later in the week. There's Darren. So he'll be back on uh, Friday on Petri's programme and back with us on Sunday to sort out all your techie problems with your computer. If you go to the LBC website, you can find out all about Boris's bicycle scheme. I think I'm, I'm going to investigate this later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I think, join up for that one because it's a way of getting fit without actually laying out a £1,000 on a bike. And I could say, if I like it, then I might go and buy a bike. Or I might not buy a bike, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. So uh, I should check that out. If you go to the LBC website, not only can you learn about podcasting and the bikes, but you can see all the pictures of Nick attempting to cycle around Leicester Square. And uh, you can see the pictures of the meerkats, the contributors to the programme. If you go to the presenter page, click on Steve Allen or on Anthony Davis, and you get the photos, some of the photos from the show at Hornchurch that we did the other day. No comment about the uh, silvery jackets and things like that, uh, or the sparkly shoes. But they're there for you to have a look at, and some lovely pictures of you, the audience. So uh, go to the LBC website and check those out. Quarter to seven. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Three million people have been forced to flee their homes in other countries. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday morning. Thanks to Christo from yesterday and uh, Chinese Amanda and everybody for the, the other day. Bless her. There's a picture of her, actually, on the LBC website under the, uh, on the Steve Allen presenter pics. You can have a look at some of the pictures there, which I'm sure will amuse you. And give you cause to go, good grief, doesn't he look attractive? And, oh, Chinese imagine, doesn't look at all Chinese, does she? And uh, if, you, if you are one of these people who get stressed, they've said today in the papers, do not reach for a glass of wine. 
Because actually, the more I keep thinking about the fact that I haven't had a drink, and there were a few disbelievers on Sunday at Hornchurch, um, but I've only had literally an inch, an inch of wine. I mean, I've really been very, very good about it, considering, you know, because uh, normally things are very stressful. But they say if you get stressed out now, get a dog. That's what the, everybody's gone dog mad at the moment. And in the light of the story of Battersea Dogs Home and how many healthy dogs they have to put down because they just can't be with people. There's nothing the matter with them. You know, they don't have illnesses because some dogs you can you can retrain. But some of these dogs are just so past it. So they put down thousands. I'm quite surprised that, that, that they've been that honest about how many dogs that they have to go and collect and how many they have to put down. But they now say walking your dog is apparently the best quality time that can be spent with the family, beating mealtimes and even holidays. You know, provided you look after the dog and it sits there. And I mean, uh, Darren took his, his dog down there. And she was actually very good. Of course, every time somebody walked in the kitchen, she hmm, follows them in there, hoping there's going to be a biscuit or something like that. Because I'm feeding a chocolate biscuit. Because we took some cookies down, so take off a bit of cookie. And you do the same, don't you? You never just give a piece of biscuit to a dog. You always go, go on, sit. I don't know, it's dreadful. It's this one-upmanship, even with a dog. Uh, the best Christmas pudding you can get from a small company in Devon, says Jane in Walton-on-Thames. Expensive, but truly the best. Do you know, the best ones I ever had, and it was... I oh, can't remember who it was now. A very famous chef, and he came in... Oh, God, what was his name? He'll come to me in a moment. And uh, he brought in some Christmas puddings, and uh, I kept it for two years, then took it down uh, to my brother's. I think when my mum was alive, so it must have been a few years back, and we had the, and it was delicious, this Christmas pudding, but it's got to have booze in it to keep it, which is nice. Dom the Milky says, Hosepipe Ben, where's that? Hosepipe Ben, I thought it was only in Cumbria. You should be over the whole country, sure. There's no water anywhere. It's amazing. We turn on the taps, we take it for granted. But uh, having seen other countries where they survive without water, and then places like Pakistan at the moment, where they've got more water than they can cope with. Uh, Dee says, I always have Christmas puddings over, so I freeze them so I can have one in the summer with Chantilly cream. Mm, sounds quite nasty. And um, Terry and Keith in Wimbledon says, Missed you at the Barmy Arms on Sunday. We popped in for a pint. We've left one over the bar for you. <laughs> Won't be leaving a pint for I've, no, I've drunk, never drunk a pint in my life. Never drunk a pint. I must be the only person who's worked pubs and clubs and nightclubs and disco- and never drunk a pint. In my life, I've never... I remember trying it once in a pub, because in the middle of summer, people would come in and go, a uh, pint of lager and lime. And I used to think, looks really nice. It was always harp lager then, for some reason. And you'd pour a pint of... And I used to think, that looks really... And I tried it once, but, oh, God, it's horrible. Really didn't do it at all for me. And so, so best bitter was well out the window. Uh, Brian says, I wonder if I can get some glitter sandals. That would really make Iris's day. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can get glitter sandals. Just go to the bottom of your wardrobe. You'll find them there. You'll find them there. David in Surrey says, would you consider doing a show in Kingston? Well, it, we're, we're looking really for central... You know, somewhere not too far from here would be absolutely ideal. Diana in Richmond says, uh, uh, I'm loving hearing about Hornchurch and you mentioning all the familiar names of those who went. We'll have a look at the pictures. Uh, but I shall look out for you in Poundland. Please say hello to Lindy of Letchworth for me. I shall be meeting you for the first time next week. How exciting is that? It's very, very exciting. So uh, have a nice time. Nick, uh, this morning, after the news at seven, they're going to be talking about uh, Pakistan's president. Uh, Zadari arrives in the UK to meet the prime minister. Nick will be asking whether Cameron was right to stir things up before the five-day official visit. Kit Malthouse has suggested alcohol offenders should stay sober or face a day in the cells. And has the deputy mayor for policing got the answer to the country's binge-drinking culture? I don't think so. I don't think there's any answer to binge drinking at all. And as I say, we, I spent most of my time trying to avoid people who've had a few drinks 
in... And this is just one part of the country. In other parts of the country, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, he's out and about. This is Daniel Radcliffe. He's got a new companion. And uh, here she is. Do you know, there's something about Daniel Radcliffe that I like a lot. He seems to have crammed so much in to his 21 years. You know, there's nothing that has phased him so far. You know, he's done his shows. He's saved his money. He's not been flat. He's been very good with his money. He's bought property in New York. So when he's not there, he can rent the property out and, and make money on it. He met uh, this particular lady who's an Irish actress called Laura O'Toole. Please don't make any jokes. When he was doing Equus where he took all his clothes off, which is very brave in the West End. Very, very brave. And um, the relationship fizzled out. No, sorry, this isn't this one. This this is another one. This is another one. We just know her as a companion. And they now say the brunette who's under Daniel's spell. Oh, but, well, he's just crammed everything in. I think his family are very level-headed. But uh, he does have £42 million in the bank, which kind of makes him really attractive to a lot of people. But uh, he's very level-headed. Very level-headed. Here it is. It's the biggest wasp's nest in Britain. You learn everything on this programme. This one, I mean, the little thing that we had, this one here is uh, built against a pub chimney. And it measures from top to bottom six feet. Now, you can only imagine at how many wasps that are in here. Six feet by five feet. I mean, I can imagine that there would be close on in here... 500,000 wasps. Now, I don't know if you've... I mean, I'm, I'm watering the hanging baskets like there's no tomorrow at the moment because we're almost coming to the end of the season. August, you know, getting into September, and that's when they start dying. In fact, some of them have started dying off already. And um, you've got to be extremely careful because I'm every day I'm surrounded by wasps. But I'm, I'm hoping that as long... You know, as you sort of don't upset them, they're not going to upset me. So I stand there, and some of them sort of buzz around me, and I, I talk, I've started talking to them. I'm not surprised people think I'm mad as a brush. I stand there going, I'm only putting water on the leaves, don't worry, I'm not trying to hurt you, thinking they must sense fear, because I'm petrified of wasps. Uh, John says, you're much slimmer than Darren. Thank you very much indeed. Do you know, apparently your brain can make you fat. Apparently, some people here, it's one of the most infuriating things in the world. Your best friend devours cream cakes, but according to a report in the paper today, you gain three pounds by glancing at a chocolate bar, and scientists have now worked out why. A study has now suggested that the propensity for obesity may be hardwired into the brain whilst we're in the womb. Oh, thank God for that. I get so annoyed by people who go, oh, I can eat anything and I don't put on an ounce. Don't you just hate people like that? Because we all go, well, I can't. I absolutely can't. I, I eat a few things, and uh, and I just sort of kind of put on a bit of weight. It's very infuriating. Very infuriating. Uh, other story to the paper today. Uh, Stuart Hall has criticised the corporation's obsession, the BBC, with uh, their obsession with regional accents. And he's backed received pronunciation, the Queen's English way of speaking. This is after a lot of people said that uh, they like listening to regional accents. I was told people didn't like listening to regional accents. I thought people wanted bland accents. I don't know whether or not I'd be going, all right, Chuck, you know, how are you this morning? Oh, I tell you, go to the foot of our stairs and, and, and that kind of stuff. But regional accents, I didn't think worked an awful lot of the time. I don't know, perhaps it's something you care to talk about later on today on LBC 97.3. Just about it for this morning. Thank you for your uh, company. Good luck with the horse racing. As I say, you probably need luck the, the way things are going at the moment. I'll, re- I'll reiterate again, Bill Cosby is not dead, contrary to what you might read on, the, uh, on all the news groups and things like that. Uh, the Sun 
are talking about uh, Wayne Rooney facing a, a ferocious hairdryer blast from Alex Ferguson. This is after Rooney was out smoking and drinking and being a Jezebel and singing bawdy songs. The balmiest woman in Britain, not all there in the brain department, who treks over 300 miles and takes her three children to Raoul Moat's cremation the other day, saying he's a hero and he was marvellous. He killed those people, but they obviously deserved it. You don't find anybody more stupid in the papers. I tell a lie, you'll probably find them all over the place. If you go to the LBC website, you can learn about Boris and his bicycle scheme, which I must check out later. You can also find out uh, about podcasting, which I urge you to do, because it means you'll never be without a decent radio programme. And if you go to the LBC blogs, uh, just click on Presenter on Steve Allen. Have a look at the pictures from Sunday at Hornchurch. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Nick with you after seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing.